Hello there and welcome into another edition of The Intersection with conversation highlights from the Meeting House on Faith Radio about a variety of topics, including news, information, and lifestyles approached from a Christian worldview perspective. First up on this edition, it's the lead singer of the band Skillet, who has become a Christian cultural commentator. His name is John Cooper, providing some insight into current trends that he sees are intended to diminish the impact of Christianity. From the National Religious Broadcasters Convention 2023 in Orlando, you will be hearing material from that conversation. Then, with a report about another instance illustrating a countercultural shift among young people, George Shamblin Jr. shares his observations about how God has been working on the Auburn University campus. And on this edition of The Intersection, Lauren Gaines of Inspired Motherhood provides direction for mothers as they seek to mold spiritual and emotional aspects of their children. Finally, from Grace Bible Theological Seminary and Family Research Council, Owen Strand addresses how the culture views men in a negative manner and how it needs men who are devoted to living according to God's Word. This is The Intersection, a production of The Meeting House, I'm Bob Crittenden. John Cooper is the longtime lead singer of the band Skillet and has been vocal regarding what he sees are opposing viewpoints to the Christian worldview perspective in our culture. He has written a new book available for pre-order called Wimpy, Weak, and Woke, How Truth Can Save America from Utopian Destruction. He sat down with me at the 2023 National Religious Broadcasters Convention in Orlando and offered some comments relative to that book. Here now from that conversation is John Cooper. Certainly some people don't like faith. They don't like you talking about those things. But I, I do think that we are in such a, how do you want to say it? We're in a very intolerant time. And I actually think that right now I would say that it's the other side that is well more intolerant than, than, than Christians are. You know, they, 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 they are pushing their ideas very loudly, yep. very yep. radically. And when you, when you're li- you know that Bible verse that says, they hated the truth, so God gave them over to a great delusion mm-hmm. so that they, they loved what was evil. They celebrated doing what was evil. I believe that's the time we're in right now. I believe that we are in a culture that hates the truth. And we, we're just seeing delusion everywhere. And what I'm finding with my personal friendships is that the light of Christ is interesting to people who, who, who they may hate Christianity, they may hate the things that I believe, but as we're talking, they are interested to know, how come you have peace when, when we're in an unpeaceful time? How come you are more tolerant to, to, to my side than my side is? They're realizing mm, there's something really crazy going on. How come your kids are, are doing so much better than my kids, but their, their mental health, their, 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 their anxiety? How come they're not experiencing what we are? And that is an opportunity to say, because living for Jesus is not just something that happens when you die. The principles of the Word of God are real right now, and we have a taste of the kingdom of God, which is righteousness, peace, joy, and the Holy Spirit. John Cooper joining us today here on the Meeting House on Faith Radio, mining for gold this afternoon here on the program. Mining for Faith, gold. Faith, that was gold, man. That was awesome. <laughs> Faith Radio Meeting House Media Central at the 2023 National Religious Broadcasters Convention. Well, you have another book that is on the launch pad, if you will. Yes. So tell me about the 
tell me about the title and also what inspired you to write it. Oh yeah, I'd love to. Thanks. The name of the book. Now I know this is this is a this is a very aggressive title. It's called <laughs> Wimpy, Weak, and Woke. The idea of the book is this: We are living in the midst of a uh, of a revolution to destroy America. I don't think that many people would deny that. Maybe they will. But it's not really about destroying America. It's about destroying what's underneath. What okay, built this yeah. country? Yeah. Christianity. This is Christian civilization. That's what's on the chopping block. And what we are seeing is two very divergent worldviews in America. One says, and I'll call it progressivism, says, actually, Christianity is enslaving people. Christianity is making our lives terrible. The Christian God is keeping us in, in these chains of sexual, like traditional sexual mores. It's hurting people. It, it's this idea of a transcendent God and some sort of moral law that we have to live by. All of that is evil, and we need to liberate ourselves by killing the Christian God, basically. The other side says, no, 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 we are enslaved to sin, and it is the Christian God that comes in and says, I will break you free from these chains, the power of sin and death through the death of Jesus Christ, of course. And so it is the Christian God who sets us free, and now we are free to obey his moral law, and guess what? God created a universe that coincides to his moral law, and mm -hmm. when, when you obey God, you find out that your life is better. It works because otherwise what it would mean would be that God created a chaotic universe that when you obey God's commands, it, you get negative results. That's not the way it works. God created a moral universe to coincide with his laws. And he says, this is what you do. A man and a woman join together in covenant marriage and they have children. That is the way that, that production works. Things like that. Mm -hmm. you know, one of the things I say in the book was how bizarre would it be if God's moral law said um, sex is only between one man and one woman in marriage, but that's going to lead to you getting STDs. The only way that you cannot get STDs is to have free sex with everybody you want to in the whole world. If that was the case, what it would mean was that God gives you a moral command that leads to poor negative results, right, disease right. and harm. That's, that's not the yeah. way it works. Yeah. And so what, I want Christians to have moral confidence in the law of God. God's, you know, what does the Bible say? The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. John Cooper here on The Intersection. You can find out more online at johnlcooper.com. The Skillet website is skillet.com. Well, next up on this edition of The Intersection podcast, from the campus of Auburn University, George Shamblin Jr. discussed the work of God on the campus of Auburn University, not only through Unite Auburn on September 12th, but prior to that event, providing some context into the overall spiritual climate at and around the university. In the last podcast, you heard from George Shamblin of the Center for Executive Leadership. Now, from a recent Meeting House conversation, here is his son, George Shamblin, Jr. The first speaker, the founder of uh, the Front Porch Ministry, um, he came out swinging, you know. What he was <laughs> saying was a little bit difficult to swallow. I know I certainly wasn't expecting such a raw message of the gospel. Um, but again, that's that's how Jesus preached. You, you know, he didn't pull punches. 
and he knew what he was saying was a little was uh, might not be taken very nicely. Um, I, this guy didn't have any message of of you know anything crazy. I don't think anybody would have been offended, but just more shocked. Um, but the student body reacted wonderfully. Obviously, is is the hundreds of students going and getting baptized. Um, but it was just an incredible experience, and I don't think anybody really saw it coming. Because, again, this has been going on for a while, and, and the Lord has been moving on the campus for quite some time now. Um, it's actually funny. It seems like the people outside of Auburn um, have been have, – have just kind of been waking up to been what's been going on on Auburn's campus now, special it is. Because, um, you know, the hundreds of kids getting baptized was was just about news for a day or so. But as far as the Auburn students took it, it was like, oh, yeah, you know, that's 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 kind of normal. Um, <laughs> a new normal. You know, wow. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. It, which is a <laughs> wild thing to say. But um, yes, sir. It, like the student body was not as surprised as is you would think they would be. Um, and I think that just goes to show how how much the Lord has been working on campus because it's not just the Unite. It wasn't just the Unite Conference. It's been so many things over the past few years. What's going on among our, our college students? Why does there seem to be an incredible receptivity to the things of God? among the students at, at Auburn and all these other campuses that we're seeing as well? Yes, sir. Um, I, I really think it's it has to do more with just this generation, my generation of young kids. Um, I think the world we've been sold is not what we expected to be. Um, where we expected, you know, joy in material things and, you know, now more than ever, just the draw of technology um, and, and partying and, you know, certain things are being legalized that there shouldn't be. Um, it really just seems like a uh, eat, drink and be merry type environment that we've been sold, you know, that the goal in life is to be happy and successful. And of course, that's what we're all going to college for. Um, but I think everybody has just been reaching for more substance. And last night we actually did a Bible study on Matthew 20, talking about the labor laborers in the vineyard. Um, and it talks about uh, the master of the house going out and finding these laborers. And every time he sees them, he's saying, why do you stand here idle all day? Um, and they say to him, because nobody has hired us. And I think that's like the college students. We're just idle. Um, we're just responding to our flesh. And I think that's what my generation has been doing for a long time. And I think students and young people all across the nation are just waking up um, in a sense, just saying there has to be more to life. Uh, there has to be more meaning. Um, I think social media has a an influence as well. Surprisingly, I think it's somewhat positive um, because you can see so many alternatives. Um, you can see what a certain lifestyle leads to. People are, are putting 
you know, very intimate parts of their life and their stories up on social media. And uh, I think if a lifestyle is a product and our generation is the consumers, um, I think we've all said, you know, this doesn't seem like enough. This isn't enough for us. Um, Mm. We want more. And so I think this generation, these young students are just hungry for something more and they're finding it. We're finding it in the gospel. George Shamblin Jr. here on The Intersection. He wrote a blog post that appeared at his father's website. It's George Shamblin, S-H-A-M-B-L-I-N dot com. And you can find the post revival at Auburn University. Also, there's a link from the show notes in the media center at faithradio.org and meetinghouseonline.info. Well, this is the Intersection Podcast, a weekly production of The Meeting House. You can learn more through meetinghouseonline.info or by visiting the programming menu at faithradio.org. At The Meeting House homepage, you'll find a link to the Media Center, the place you can go to listen to or download full conversations with recent guests featured here on The Intersection Podcast as well as The Meeting House radio program. There's also a link to The Media Center through that programming menu at faithradio.org. Also through meetinghouseonline.info, you'll find links to the Intersection podcast, to the Media Center, as well as its Apple podcast feed. Plus, you can watch video of Meeting House guests on the Faith Radio YouTube channel, including recently added content from the summer 2023 Christian Product Expo in Lexington, Kentucky. There's a link to the Faith Radio YouTube channel from the Meeting House homepage. Also, you can access two blogs. One is The Three, which is updated weekly with three stories of relevance to the Christian community. There's also The Front Room with devotional thoughts and commentary from The Meeting House. And you can follow me on Twitter and access The Meeting House Facebook page. Again, that website address is meetinghouseonline.info. Or you can visit the homepage through the programming menu at faithradio.org. Conversations can also be found through the Faith Radio app and a variety of podcast platforms. Search for Faith Radio Podcast at Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Pandora, Spotify, and other podcast platforms. Moving on now with this edition of the Intersection Podcast. I had a conversation recently with Lauren Gaines, who created the online community called Inspired Motherhood. In our conversation, we discussed a variety of topics related to helping children grow according to a Christian foundation and for parents to be equipped with strength and security in the Lord. She has written a book called Unshakable Kids, Three Keys to Raising Spiritually Strong and Emotionally Healthy Children. Here now from that conversation is Lauren Gaines. First is the mind, and I start with that because that's really kind of the center of it all. If our mind is not right, then that, then everything else is going to kind of fall apart. And mm. so we take a look at the most common mental mistakes that we make as moms or as parents, but then also our kids often make these mistakes too. So that could be thinking, you know, I'll be happy when, I'll be happy when my child sleeps through the night. I'll be happy when my house is finally clean and there's not clutter everywhere. And then kids can say, like, I'll be happy if I make the soccer team or I'll be happy when I don't have to do homework anymore. And we're really just delaying our happiness. So I have something called brain builders in this section where 
it teaches you how to combat those different mental mistakes. And that's practical things you can do as a mom and you can do with your kids to get to recognize. The first step is really recognizing, like, I have some thoughts that really just aren't helpful and they're not they're not improving my life. So how do I, how do I change them? How do I get rid of that? So we go through the steps of like taking thoughts captive. What does that look like? How do I teach my kids that in, in kid-friendly terms? Because sometimes in big words, you know, like metacognition, and they might, that's going to go over their head. So they're, they're step-by-step how to help their kids learn metacognition without all the big fancy psychology words. And then we move on to the heart because the heart is the center of it all. You know, in Proverbs, it says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And so if, if our thoughts are good, but our heart still has some wounds or has sin in it, then it's going to affect our life. And so we talk about how to address sin in our child's life, how to confront it, and a step-by-step process to do that. Also, a lot of times parents, we parent out of wounds that we've experienced as kids like maybe making friends is really difficult and we have some friend wounds where we didn't know where to sit at lunch or you know we had people who didn't want to be our friend anymore and we weren't sure why and then if our kids start to deal with friend problems we're going to view that whole situation from a different perspective and so we want to make sure we have healed hearts so that we don't parent out of fear or out of rejection or out of pain or hurt but that we parent out of love and peace and knowing like who we are in God, which is the last step, identity. And this is, you know, we're in, we have an identity crisis really in our world right now. And our kids need to know more than ever who they are and who they are as children of God. And so there's lots of scripture about that, how to do that as a family, how to build godly self-esteem. So not creating kids who are like overly confident in themselves but confident in Christ living in them. And so those are the three keys. And there's lots more I could share, but those, as I prayed and went through, I felt like those were the biggest foundational things we need to lay in our kids' hearts for them to be strong and courageous. Well, I think the training of our minds, and that goes for adults as well as the training of our kids' minds, is such an important area. I want to explore that just a bit more with you. And I've got to know what metacognition is before we move forward. So please, please, what does that mean? Yeah, so that is just thinking about what we're thinking about, because as I mentioned a little bit, we we can't address something if we know nothing about it, you know? So we need to know what our thoughts are. And a lot of times young kids don't even really realize that their thoughts affect their feelings and their actions. They're just going through the day, living moment by moment, but if we can get them to pause and to really say like, hey, what what did you think about that situation? What was the actual thought running through your head? That's how they take it captive, by knowing what the actual thought is. And when you talk about taking a thought captive and really boiling that down to a child's level, what does that kind of look like? Yeah, so one of the brain builders in the book is gives a little description about words and our thoughts and what that means from a biblical point of view, but then has have you set a timer for one minute, two minutes, three minutes, and have kids write down everything that just comes to their head. And it's, it's kind of like a brain dump. And if kids are really young, they might not be able to write it down, but they could just tell you, like, tell me everything running through your head, just spit it out. And we'll see how our thoughts just move from one thing to the next and how sometimes we have a thought, but we're not, we don't consciously know. 
So when you pause to do that exercise, you'll see how much is really running through your head and how sometimes you could even have two thoughts at the same time. And so that exercise helps kids to really narrow down that like, hey, I do have thoughts. Lauren Gaines here on The Intersection. You can find her online at inspired-motherhood.com. Finally, on this edition of The Intersection podcast, it's Owen Strand, Provost and Research Professor of Theology at Grace Bible Theological Seminary in Conway, Arkansas, and Senior Fellow with the Center for Biblical Worldview at Family Research Council. In that recent conversation, he elaborated on the state of manhood in today's culture, examining masculinity from a Christian perspective relevant to his book entitled The War on Men, Why Society Hates Them and Why We Need Them. Here now from that conversation is Owen Strand. Men are sinners, so men bring a lot of issues to the table. We all do, not men out there, uh, men like me, men like you. We, mm-hmm. we have real mm-hmm. sin yeah. we have to kill just like women. So we bring, you know, bad tempers. Uh, we, we bring, you know, stunted emotional development. We bring refusal to listen. We bring pride. We bring idolatry, all that, and much, much more to the table. Let that be said. But what I'm trying to say in this book is, if you want to help men, you've got to help them understand that they're a sinner and fight their sin. But you also have to recognize that, yes, there really are numerous ideologies and forces in culture arrayed against men. So when boys and young men, as I've now said a couple times, are called toxic just by virtue of being who they are, by virtue of being assertive, uh, that's a real problem. Can, Can boys be aggressive in a bad way? You bet. You have to train boys to handle aggression well, right? But is the capacity for aggression in a boy innately evil? Absolutely not. Boys need to be trained. They need to be discipled. They need to be corrected. They need the gospel of divine grace. They need to be born again. That's the greatest need a boy has. And then when he's born again by the grace of God, they need all sorts of shepherding in the Christian faith. What boys don't need, though, Bob, is they don't need to be dismissed, burned down, and despised. That is a recipe for disaster. You catch what I'm saying? that There does seem to be maybe a couple levels on which you're operating here, individually and culturally. That's exactly right. Uh, There's a couple conversations I'm trying to begin, intentionally so, in this book, The War on Men. There's the conversation in the Church, which needs to happen, where a ton of guys need training in biblical manhood. In fact, all of us need training in biblical manhood. Every single boy and young man needs help, and that's part of a huge part of growing and changing, is saying, you know what? I don't have this all figured out. I need help. That's not a weird therapeutic passive confession to make. That's just a very, honestly, biblical confession to make. I need to grow. I need to change, and I don't have all the answers. I need help. But then there's also the cultural conversation that Jordan Peterson, Joe Rogan, Jocko Willink, Cameron Haynes, David Goggins, and the Manosphere experts have all entered into, Andrew Tate in a less helpful sense. And what I'm trying to do is also have that conversation. I want to engage men who may have no foot in the church, but they're recognizing, from what I would see as kind of an evangelistic angle, that they have no idea what it means to be a man, and they want to be a man. And and a woke, leftist, feminist culture is not giving them any help and is not giving them any answers. And so, yes, Bob, I am trying to say this is a major evangelistic and apologetic opportunity for the church. 
We've got men all around us, and understand this in the right form, who are sitting ducks. They're right targets, and we can go to them and open up this conversation. Oh, you're watching, you're watching Joe Rogan. You're watching Tucker Carlson. You're watching Jordan Peterson videos. You're clearly hungry for something. Let me have that conversation with you, and we listen, and we talk with them, and then we speak the truth in love and seek to give them, honestly, what all of those men I just mentioned, to my knowledge at least, of their spiritual state cannot and will not give men, and that is the gospel of grace. My case isn't that that's all you need. You just tell somebody the gospel, they confess faith in Christ, and, and then you know, there's no discipleship that happens. The gospel is, is everything to us, but then we, we disciple these men, we train them, we give them practical wisdom, we help them, we put an arm around them, we, we disciple them. Owen Strand here on The Intersection. You can find him online at Twitter at O Strand, that's S-T-R-A-C-H-A-N. His podcast, Grace and Truth, is available at SalemPodcastNetwork.com. Well, this is The Intersection Podcast, a weekly production of The Meeting House. You can find out more through MeetingHouseOnline.info or by visiting the programming menu at FaithRadio.org. Through the Meeting House homepage, you can find a link to the Media Center where you can go to listen to or download full conversations with recent guests featured on the Intersection podcast as well as the Meeting House program. You can also find links to the Intersection podcast to the Media Center as well as its Apple podcast feed. Plus, there's a link to the Faith Radio YouTube channel through which you can watch video of Meeting House guests. Two blogs are accessible. One is The Front Room with devotional thoughts and commentary from The Meeting House. There's also The Three with three stories of relevance to the Christian community. You can follow me on Twitter and access The Meeting House Facebook page. Again, the website address is meetinghouseonline.info. Also accessible through the programming menu at faithradio.org. Thank you for joining me for this week's edition of The Intersection Podcast. I'm Bob Crittenden.